Welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that provides in-depth analysis of RPGs spanning all generations and platforms. It's a new year, and Santa was kind enough to provide us with plenty of titles to play leading up to what will likely be a fantastic spring full of must-play titles. We've got an eclectic mix of titles that are for our upcoming episodes. We've got Final Fantasy V, Nier Automata, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, and Bravely Default, just to name a few. But this episode will be paying tribute to one of the best video game composers of all time, Yoko Shimomura. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and joining me as always is the Shimomura superfan and the Spoonie Bard himself, Jordan Rudick. Uh, so I, I mentioned on Twitter earlier today that I've been listening to uh, Shimomura nonstop the last like last like two weeks. Um, it's funny, she's one of those artists where I always come back to her. Like I, I'm not listening to Shimomura tracks all the time. You know, I love her Street Fighter stuff, her Super Mario RPG. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 we're going to talk about but it, she's one of those that every time I come back I'm like how is this so good? How is this music so incredible? It is just so iconic and I, I, I'm glad we're doing this episode. Uh, I don't know uh, when we suggested when we first started mentioning it but uh, it's uh, it's been a long time coming and this is going to be a good one. Yeah, Any excuse to listen to her music is, is a worthwhile endeavor. So. For sure. Yeah. And also joining us for his first episode, or for the first episode of the new year, is a man who's been long overdue to make his premiere on the Thirsty Mage. He's the composer of the theme song, co-host of the Talk Nintendo podcast, and new game director for indie developer Atui, Mr. Perry Burkham. So you call me the co-host of Talk Nintendo. Don't you have a different, different way that you introduce Casey sometimes? Something I call like him the, the co-host. Oh, I thought I you usually... call him like the better half. <laughs> yeah. One half of the Talk Nintendo podcast. <laughs> you can call him the better half, though. He, he's he's the eye candy. He's why the people. He's why the come. Well, he's the ear candy. He's why the people come. But hello, David. Hello, Jordan. It's it's good to be on the podcast that has snubbed me for like th- three years now. <laughs> That's right. Not on purpose. <laughs> no, it hasn't been on purpose. It, ha- it just, I think it has to do with the fact that I'm not a a. I am an RPG guy. I like RPGs, but I'm not a square RPG guy. I, I've realized this, and I know that this is like insane, but I've realized that I just, I am not a big fan of Square Enix. I know, I know, I know. Listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Perry I, Burkham, his first and last appearance on the first I know, Age. I know, I know. And he's I, wondering I just, why he hasn't been on it. He comes yeah, on yeah, and first I know. thing he says, I, I am not a square fan. <laughs> I, I know, but it was like this realization that it was just... Okay, like there's a few games that I really... I mean, there's like Super Mario RPG. I like that game. Yep. But I, I don't know if there's any other ones. <laughs> <laughs> we won't I, hold I just, it against you, Perry. It's okay. I just... It, well, it's not that I don't like them. I respect them in every way possible. Like, I hold them as a high esteem, and I don't think they're bad games. At, at all. It's just my... In my taste, it's just not my... They're just not my cup of tea as the english would say or my cup of maple syrup it's just not my cup of maple syrup like yeah. my fellow canadians would say so well that's absolutely fair 
you're I know you're you're trying to ingratiate yourself to us, Perry, but I think you've done some irreparable damage here. I don't know that there's <laughs> any coming back from this. Now I was gonna mention something something that uh, I, I think you'll agree with is that Square RPGs in particular have fantastic, memorable soundtracks. And you being such a music guy, I thought that that might push you towards more of those games. Like, do you listen to the music from Square RPGs, even if you don't play them? I'm going to be honest. I don't listen to video game music unless I'm playing video games. So, Mm, okay, it's just one of those weird things that I've never, like, I've, I'm kind of a guy that I, I obsess over things, especially like with music. I am so selective and it's not that I don't like listening to lots of different things, but it's just that when I listen to something I like, I listen to it over and over and over again. And I, and, and I just learn every, and I think about every single aspect of it. And I kind of just like, you know, I listen to like two or three albums a year, <laughs> like new ones, CDs. And then it's just kind of mixing in, you know, the rest of the albums before. So I just obsess over it. So I don't, I don't listen to a lot of video game music. Really, I mostly listen to not video game music. Um, but anyway, Roy Orbison. I love Roy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's my main <laughs> jam. Roy Orbison, yeah. ELO, Beatles. Yep. There you go. Anything that Jeff Lynn touches, I it's listen gold. to it. It's it gold. absolutely is gold. Yeah, yeah. Guys, can you save it? Can you save it for a d- different episode? We're talking about a <laughs> famous video game composer, uh, right. video game music composer today. That's right. Well, before we get into our discussion of uh, Yokushima Mura, how about uh, we go through the drinks? Perry, you had mentioned uh, you were sipping on some maple syrup. Is that uh, the case tonight? No, actually, I'm sipping on. The most classic beverage of all, water. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he's you, clear, clearly you've, uh, you're you're uh, following in Casey's footsteps with uh, the Nintendo podcast oh, yeah. uh, choice drink. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have this gigantic. I have this gigantic. Uh, he, like let's see, three thousand milliliter. Um, thing. That's what it says on here. It's just huge and it has a handle on it. In a, in, a, in a big straw and I just fill it up every morning and I put it in the fridge at night and then I just like drink it all throughout the day. I love water. But I also do love a good old Coke Zero because I'm diabetic and I don't I have, don't drink alcohol unless it's cough syrup when I have a sore throat. And if it was up to me, I would drink, I, I could drink a big, I could drink a big bottle of cough syrup. <laughs> not Buckley's. I've never had Buckley's. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't know what I have. I, I I have. That might be a Canadian thing, actually. The the commercial where it's at, the its catchphrase is it "tastes awful, but it works." <laughs> Ooh, I, yeah. And, well, and hey, it, I'll it be the judge of that. Absolutely. It, it no, no. There's no judging. It is horrible. It is. <laughs> it is, it is absolutely wretched. The the whole the whole way it works <laughs> is that it burns a hole in your nose so that you can breathe. Oh yeah, it it tears you a new one. <laughs> it Pretty does much. Tear you yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Anyway. Well, that's that's okay with. Uh, you you might not drink sugar, but I'm sure Jordan has something with sugar in it. Well, cough syrup was going to be my drink, but then Perry spoiled it, so I have to go with something else. Uh, I, I do something a little bit sugary. I've got a, a decaffeinated Earl Grey tea uh, with way too much honey in it. Um, I'm back to I'm back to work this week, or back uh, teaching classes this week. Uh, oh, everyone's got no. everyone's back to school, so um, 
it, it's the closest I'm going to get to something with caffeine, at least uh, at least this week. Uh, I'm off coffee, obviously, and um, I'm trying to trying to get off the soda. I've been uh, I was kind of back on uh, my cokes and my Dr Pepper's, but uh, yeah, I thought, thought a little bit of hot tea would keep me up. And um, I'm trying to readjust my sleep schedule. Like I, not not that the tea is going to help with that, but uh, I've been. I guess throughout December, I was kind of staying up to like one thirty, two in the morning, and I'm I'm having a hard time shaking that, getting back. Like I'm waking up at say eight or eight thirty. Uh, my first class is at ten thirty, so I'm able to get up for that. But I'm trying to get to sleep earlier. It's just I've been having trouble with that. So uh, that that's one of my my resolutions here is trying to get back to a normal sleep schedule. Because uh, the last few months I've been totally off it. But uh, we'll see if. We'll see if the tea does anything to help, but uh, it's very tasty. I'm a big fan of uh, Earl Grey tea in particular. So, yeah, there's uh, plenty I of bad holiday habits I'm trying to shake. Uh, yeah, getting getting back into the new year, but uh, one that I will not be giving up is my love of beer, and uh, so I obviously have a, an alcoholic beverage tonight. It's called uh, Hibernus. It's from Charlevoix Microbre- Microbrasserie. Uh, oh, they'll butcher in their old French, but um, it's a microbrewery in okay. Quebec. And it's a, it's a ten percenter, so I'm I'm starting a year off right with a double digit. And it is a, it's a dark brown beer, and it's a, it's thick, and it tastes, it has a strong taste, but I I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a pretty good one. A lot of is this a new one? Is this a new one, David? Have you had this one before? Yeah, so I went um went into uh, the local IGA to pick up something and was uh, disappointed to find out that the a lot of the alcohol had been uh, purchased and the the d- shelves were looking a little bare <laughs> so mm. options were low but this one uh, this one it was actually a little on the pricier end and uh, I'm like ah I'll give it a try and and hope for the best and luckily uh, I don't know if I'd buy it again just because it was uh, about twice as much as I usually pay for a beer <laughs> so mm. the it it's a nice indulgence once in a while so it's always funny to me when you mention that you go to a grocery store like IGA to purchase your beer because uh, over at BC, we haven't uh, smartened up yet or we haven't figured that out. We're still we just got wine in the grocery stores, maybe in the last year or so. That's a new thing, but there's no no beer or anything yet. So yeah. hopefully they'll become like that one stop shop for everything soon. But I, I don't know. Things are very slow to happen over here sometimes. That's one of the benefits for uh, having Quebec uh, around is that they. There, there isn't, there's no shortage of stores you can get beer. Mm-hmm. I always, I joke about there's a, a convenience store uh, in in Elmer. Uh, it's a little bit out of the way, but I like to go to it because it, it's not even, it, it's called a convenience store, but when you walk in, there's maybe a rack of chocolate bars and then it's just the rest of the store is beer. Right. And so it has all just, the stuff that you can't find anywhere else. It's great. It's convenience for people who want alcohol. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I wonder if they're. I wonder if they're getting around some kind of uh, red tape or some kind of uh, regulation by calling themselves a convenience store, but yeah, selling whatever the, whatever the hell they want. Yeah, it it and it actually looked like a convenience store for the longest time, and then uh, obviously they've been making some good money because they just uh, renovated the whole the place, and it's just this massive mm-hmm. store of beer now. So it's it's great. I didn't even know that Canada had convenience stores. Perry, you need to come to Canada sometime. See that it's, <laughs> it's very similar to the United States. <laughs> I actually might be going to Canada. Um, Ooh, where about? Actually, uh, Toronto. Cool. Well, well that's well, cool. Dave, Dave, David will accept that. I won't. But actually, it, technically, I've been to Toronto in the airport. 
<laughs> we'll have to find out because my hometown's not far from Toronto. So. Oh really? It's, yeah, like yeah, I actually go there quite often. So uh, yeah, depending on when you're going, there's, yet, but there's there's a um, potential potential time that we could meet up potentially. Oh heck yeah, dude! It, absolutely. That's. I mean, if I'm going to Canada, you better you better <laughs> strike on that because. That's right. That's if, a, I, if I can get down there, there occasion. I'll, I'll definitely make it happen. So I'll dr- I'll drive down probably about uh, seventy two hours or something like that. But I'll, I'll, get, <laughs> I'll get there. But you mean you'll take your sleigh? You'll take your sleigh over? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cars. Seventy two hours with no sleeping. I was gonna make sure the huskies are ready to go and get, <laughs> well, get them all get them all leashed Wouldn't up. Wouldn't that be yeah. the great name for a Canadian car? Like they should be like. Is there are there Canadian car companies? not really not, there should uh, be yeah. one and one of their cars should be called a husky <laughs> we have a gas station yeah chain husky called husky yeah really oh, yeah that's pretty that's pretty close right but, that's pretty close yeah. yeah you can't run a car without gas or oil or electricity exactly. well before we get too far off topic with this uh, i'm going to get perry to bring us back in here because perry is a is an excellent composer himself he's done all of the theme songs for all of the podcasts for nintendo world report uh they're all fantastic i was actually um listening to radio free nintendo today and uh i always marvel at just how perfect that theme song is for them <laughs> and, and 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 ours as well like i it's funny because i was thinking about why i love uh, yoko and one of the things is is uh she has a lot of violin in her uh, music and I, i'm so happy that there's violin and uh, when i when i made you play a real instrument for our theme song <laughs> oh yeah man yeah i just so, uh i literally i remember writing i was actually sitting in the same spot but my desk was faced the other way but i remember doing your song and i remember the, the it was summer and i had the windows open and the breeze, and there was actually a breeze like going through. It was like the most beautiful time of my life ever. It was so nice. And that's how that song came. It, it literally was during that. So it flew through I, the window. Well, and it, it, I, my whole thing was like, my whole idea was like, I wanted to make it like the prelude, like the opening song of an RPG. Like, you know, like, like the, the cameras panning over the fields where. You know, and it's just that's just that's how I was I, just going to say, Perry, that's exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like the beginning before you see the title screen, you've booted up the game. If you've seen maybe the developer or the publisher names mm-hmm. and now you're, you're first starting to see that world of this game and it's flying over like an airship kind of flying over the land and you're seeing all the different destinations and something. That's exactly what it sounds like. So you really nailed that. Perfect. Thank you. Well, I was going to ask you, so like, you know. What what kind of skills and and attributes like what 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 did you go through in your life that that made you be able to to uh, find music that just works works as well as, as it does? Like um, like be able to make that is that your is that your asking? Yeah, yeah, like what, yeah, yeah, exactly. What yeah, inspires I mean, you, maybe Perry? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I've always had a. I guess I don't. I shouldn't say. I mean, I, I've I've always, I played in orchestra, you know, growing up, and then um, I I play basically all the string instruments. So I've always had, you know, and I've always had a I've loved classical music, um, and studied it and went to school for it and composing. And then I've always I've always been on the side of the the composing side, but not like it, it, rather than the performance side of, of of things. Really, the composing and production side, and so. 
I've just written tons and tons and tons and tons of music. Um, I was just looking. I mean, I this past like year, I've written like like just for projects that I'm working on, like over like seventy songs. <laughs> it's just, yep. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, there are a lot of them are demo stuff, but still, there's pretty intense. And so, just you know, it's really all uh, experience that, and then, and then, what's gotten me there is just uh, not being able to procrastinate by having projects to do you know by having things to do reaching out saying yes i can do that i will make that and then suddenly when you say that to someone you have to do it (laughs) so you just get it done and then during that process you force yourself to learn and a lot of that is just like with a lot of things like with graphic design with game design with tons of stuff you can know especially if you're dealing with anything with computers you know how frustrating it can be when you're trying to get something done and you have something stupid that happens and you can't, you don't know why this doesn't work and you have to go through all this rigmarole to get something done. And so just, you know, troubleshooting, getting past that. And, um, and then obviously, you know, I having, uh, being inspired by, by listening. So, uh, listening to classical music is obviously one thing, but then obviously just listening to the music while we're playing, um, it's just one of those things that it just comes to to me like with uh, like I was, I was just listening to something. What was I listening to? Uh, they were saying they asked. Uh, oh, they asked uh, one, one of the like Tchaikovsky or, or, or I can't remember. Oh, ha- uh, Handel, maybe. Anyway, they asked, a, a, you know, how, where do you get these ideas for like your melodies and your songs and stuff and he just says they, they just come to me and that's actually just exactly that's the best way to put it is they just they just come to me and, and that's i don't mean to sound like like overtly simple or or like high and mighty or whatever it's just that's just the best way to put it it's just kind of there and uh, you think what well, can you be inspired and sometimes you know you can pick up some references for you know for things like reference you know how references are amazing for like reference material, like if you're designing mm-hmm. something, like I want it to be, like I want it to have this feeling. That's good too. But honestly, a lot of what's really fun, I've done this with a couple of projects now of a couple of games I'm working on. Is uh, what's fun is if you have a reference game and or or if you have a game that you're making and someone says I I want it to kind of be like like this game, you know. And so you. What's fun to me is I like creating music with my memories of what that game sounds like instead of listening to that game. Uh, because a lot of times you'll go back and you'll be like, oh my goodness, like this actually doesn't, I mean, this sounds like a little like it, but I actually like this, how I did this a lot better. And it's a lot more different than I thought, than I thought that this was. So it's funny because you get like inspired by it and the end result is actually different than what you were um, referencing. It's just a, it's just a whole bunch of fun, but I, I the best thing is just doing projects, just doing as much stuff as you possibly can. Um, that gets to where where you can kind of stretch out and do lots of different things, forcing yourself you, into those situations. Perry, you brought up a really neat idea just a few seconds ago about the way that memory kind of changes your interpretation of things. And the maybe the longer that things go on or the more things that you put on top of a memory that that memory is going to keep changing. And so if that's kind of your inspiration or that's uh, your reference point for something you're creating, I think that's a really cool idea. I think that happens maybe in a lot of art forms, right? Writing, painting, maybe in game design, things like that. Anytime you're creating something, everything that you've absorbed in the past is going to be, it could be a part of that, right? 
whatever you yes. draw on when you draw on it. So I, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I, I wonder, do you feel like it's something that you were born with or, and this is a larger, maybe philosophical question, but um, do you feel like music, the ability to create music, the ability to kind of understand it and for it to come to you, do you feel like that's something you've had for a long time or did you have to learn that more specifically? Well, I think it's definitely, um, you know, how people talk about like having, the, having an yeah. ear for music, right? Magic like, ear. I'm definitely, I was, I was raised in my family is everyone like every single person on both sides of my family are, are musical. Hmm. Um, my cousin has two Grammys and my uncle has a Grammy. And uh, and then, you know, all of my brother, you know, I, all my cousins have bands. Um, mm-hmm. All of, you know, and my uncles and my grandpa has led music for for since, you know, since the 40s, <laughs> or the 50s. Sure. I mean, so I've, I've constantly, you know, and I, I sit like my family sings and, you know, been huge appreciation for music just from the get go. So obviously, I think that a lot of it is learned just in a cultural sense, just growing up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just that I've been surrounded I by get it, that. so yeah. it's been shaped by mm-hmm. that. So yeah, I think a lot of it is, and then yeah, and then uh, obviously, I think when you, um, then I think that there's also something initially in your gut that just part of your being that somehow can come out, you know, with the right factors where, uh, like with, like with creating music. And I feel like there's something like that in every single person, like every single person has something incredible that is inherent to them that, you know, that is just unique and, but that can also a ways to express themselves in in any way. And I don't mean like in any, like in any artistic way, I just mean in any, Mm -hmm. any way of expressing you know, just who they are as a person. So that's what's like. Mm-hmm. Like one of my one of my friends, he he's a he works for a a, a huge insurance clinic, insurance place uh, for uh, health insurance. And I mean, he doesn't he doesn't like he's like a he has a pretty amazing job there. And he tells me about it, and it's just like, dude, like I can't imagine having a passion for something like that. And I'm, and I told him like, I, I'm so happy that you have a passion to do that because it's like, I could never do that. <laughs> like, you know, and he tells me, and he's like, and, and he's like, I do. And so I asked him like, do you have a pet? Like, you know, like, I don't mean, you know, but do you? And he, yeah, he's like, I totally do. I actually really love it. So, and I feel like that everyone has something like that. Um, I know it can be a little difficult. And that the nice thing about music is that it's so obvious <laughs> like I can I can make something and show something and show it to someone and they can hear it that's a lot better than like look at how well I did my taxes you know or something like that yeah. it's just, you're, it's you're just gonna, you're gonna hurt David's feelings there Perry <laughs> <laughs> the th- no I just uh, mean it's harder you gotta yeah. fi- you have to find a way to I think you make a good point you gotta find a way to uh, produce something to to create yeah. to uh, be, express yourself. Uh, ex- maybe put your individuality or, out in the world. And I I don't. I mean, some of us are lucky to be able to find something that we're passionate about and make a living out of it. I don't think everyone is like that, right? Right. Sometimes right. you you might be really well, good at something but not passionate about it, right? Right. And and and, and I sh- and I do want to say that what's what's really cool is just the opposite side of the appreciation of of it you know like our appreciation right now for the music 
you know, just that is just important as the creation, if not even way more important. So that's what I love is that someone might not be, you know, might have it in them, might not have it in them to compose something. Uh, and I, you know, and so, but, but they might be, they might love listening to music and get something out of it in that sense. So I just, you know, I think that there's an also a really big part of just the appreciation for something is just as important. So uh, that's what I really like, you know, that's why it's like anyone who they say, you know, and they say, oh, I'm not creative. You know, I can't do something like that. Well, I don't think that's true. But even if that even if they feel like that, they can still be in the same world with with, you know, with someone who can create as someone who can really listen to it and love it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, appreciation could be the spark that leads to something else. So, exactly. Oh, I, I, oh, absolutely right. I mean, like, and that's part of create. Isn't it funny that appreciation is part of creation too? So, and and vice versa. So, I think it's because mm-hmm. you're creating like original thoughts about what. I mean, that's isn't it funny how? And this is like with games, with music, with TV shows. Isn't it funny like that when you when you discover something out of nowhere that you didn't know and you realize like, oh my goodness, like this is awesome. Like, I how come no one told me about this and yeah. isn't it fun how you that discovery for yourself it it's amazing and and you love something like i love like when i'm reviewing a game and it's like oh my goodness this game's amazing <laughs> and that feeling of oh my goodness like i need to shout it from the rooftops and 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 then i get to thinking it's like well what if like what if david told me that this game is awesome and then i'm going into this game thinking that oh this game is gonna be awesome. No, I go into the game thinking, well, I don't know. I I I, I don't know who this game's gonna be like. But it's like, isn't it funny? Like when you think of someone's, someone actually, um, you know, that just the expectations you get going into a game or just going into anything. Like, if someone were to recommend to me a movie, the difference between me seeing that movie just by myself without any recommendations, what that actually that actual effect has on me. And I think that's with everything, and it's kind of crazy just by comparison. So, um, I mean, I don't it's know very you... difficult. It's, it's difficult these days to go into things blind completely, right? Because oh, everyone yeah. is everyone's wanting to share their ideas, and we've got so many ways to communicate with people that it's very hard to find a find a film, find a video game, a TV show that you just find kind of randomly or by right. happenstance. It's not something Absolutely. that's recommended to you, right? Yeah, and then, discovery yeah. is uh, less and less uh, happening all the time, just because while well, like social media. As soon as something good right? or something wonderful is found, like every, right. everyone's shouting about it, and you always, it's, mm. it's, yeah, it's tough to kind of find it on your own now with the, with the amount of information available. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it's just like uh, the information that we found about Yoko Shimomura. Where uh, it's it's uh, funny that the way that you described how you grew up and become a composer, it's uh, very similar to the way that uh, she grew up as well. Uh, if Jordan wants to uh, take us through maybe just uh, some back history on uh, the way that uh, Shimomura was uh, learned uh, how to or got into the video game industry. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, very good segue, by the way, David. Um, <laughs> uh, so Shimomura showed an interest in music uh, very early on. Um, I think she studied uh, piano when she went to college, uh, the specifically the Osaka College of Music. Um I don't know that this is a uh, uh, an uncommon reaction, but her family was disappointed when she ended up 
uh, taking an interview with Capcom. She had kind of sent out music samples to a bunch of different companies, I guess, after graduating. And I think she had uh, some kind of piano teaching job lined up or maybe even a composing job lined up. Uh, but she ended up uh, going to Capcom. And this is um, 1988, I think, when she finished and when she ended up uh, starting to work for them. Uh, so she works for Capcom from 1988 to 1993. Uh, she contributed on uh, about two dozen titles, uh, went uncredited on a bunch. I wanted to name a few of those because, you know, yes, we want to give, give credit. She's done. We want to give credit where it's due, right? Uh, uh, Final Fight, Codename Viper, uh, Gargoyle's Quest, which was yes. a, a, game, a Game Boy game. A very good one. I had that one growing up. One of my up. favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. It's really solid uh, and uh, it fits well on the podcast, actually, with the RPG elements. Um, and then Adventures in the Magical Kingdom, which was a, a platformer, kind of a Disney themed one on the NES. Uh, when she first started at Capcom, she was working on consoles, at least, I guess, for a couple of years. Uh, but then she became part of the arcade division. And you see that she's credited under a pseudonym for her work on a handful of the Street Fighter 2 iterations uh, and Fantasy Brawler, the King of Dragons, uh, a very good one as well. Is it Yoko so, Ono? Uh, it, 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 I, I wish. It, it's uh, You would like that, Perry. I, I you're, you're, hate this oh. woman. <laughs> she broke up the Beatles. So, you know. Was the pseudonym um, uh, female or male? It, it's, it's, it's like a, a nickname. It's not really a name that a person would have. I think it was it's like... Right. It was like Shimo P or Shimo Pi, like S S H I M P I P I I, something like that. But it changes actually. It's not the My same pseudonym. Shimpy. Is, oh, there, there you go. Maybe maybe she was composing for these games, Perry. We don't know. Um, it would make but sense. Yeah, but yeah, we're talking about a period of game development where uh, pseudonyms, uh, especially in the Japanese uh, creation space, were pretty common, right? So. Uh, the Japanese developers or composers, creators weren't necessarily getting all their names in there. It'd be like initials or some kind of play on words with the name or some kind of pseudonym. And that, that's what uh, Yoko Shimomura had. Um, a little bit more in the summer of 1993, she ended up leaving Capcom. Uh, one of the last things she did for them was compose uh, a, just a single song from uh, Bre- the uh, RPG Breath of Fire um, it's the song for the Trade City, I think is the name of it, uh, Trade City theme or something. Um, my understanding is that she, Square heard that song or heard her work on that song and were excited to you know see if she would want to come and work for Square. And it worked out well because she was kind of stuck in the arcade division, but she wanted to compose more classical type music uh, for, for obviously for RPGs, right? RPGs are becoming really big. Uh, the Super Famicom, Super NES era. Uh, so she's going to go on to do a lot of work on RPGs, uh, starting with Super Mario RPG. I think that's the first one she composed uh, more fully for. Uh, we'll probably hear some of that music in a bit. Uh, and, and her tenure with Square, I kind of like just when she was working for Square uh, before she became a freelancer, her last title was Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so the release of that game kind of coincided with Shimamura leaving. I think she left on mat leave, uh, but she would she would come back uh, in 2003 uh, just as a freelancer. Uh, so she's continued to work on the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, she worked on Final, the Final Fantasy 15 soundtrack. I think that was 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's obviously worked on the... I don't know how much of the Kingdom Hearts 3 soundtrack is hers, uh, but she's definitely part of that one as well. Wow. Yeah, it's- 
She's done a lot, and it's uh, mm-hmm. the square stuff is the stuff that uh, I'm most aware of. But um, yeah. maybe we'll we'll just go through a, a few of her different periods and just uh, sure. talk about some of the games that w- we enjoyed the most. And uh, I know this week uh, it's been wonderful. This week going through like some of her old stuff and kind of picking and choosing songs here and there, just like that stood out. Um, so like you said, Jordan, in the early years, it was Capcom. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was uh, the ones that I had jotted down were like Samurai Sword, Codename Viper. Yep. Um, I know for the Street Fighter 2, uh, the World Warrior, I, I went through the, the whole soundtrack there. I think at the, the, the one that stood out the most for me was Balrog's theme. It's it's excellent. It's such it's such a I mean, I, I want to go on a big, long rant about the Street Fighter 2 soundtrack, but I'll, I'll let you finish a little bit, David. I want to come back to that and talk more about it. Because I mean, the, the Street Fighter 2 soundtrack to me is probably I want to say it might be my favorite work of hers. But what, what is it about the Balrog theme that kind of stands out to you? Why did you why did you land on that one? Uh, I, I think it was just the one. It was funny. I was kind of bouncing between. I also like Guile and Ryu. Ryu. Uh, Ryu. Ryu, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the Balrog theme was the one. It kind of stood out. A, a couple of them stood out, but they were kind of like culturally stood out. Like mm. I think like uh, like Zangief kind of had like a little Russian ting to it, and yeah. Um, uh, the big long, the lan- the lanky guy had you know kind of D- the, Del- 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean they're so they're a little unique because of of the culture behind it. But Balrogs. Uh, Maybe there is culture behind Balrogs, but it sounded unique without without like that cultural significance behind it. It just sounded different from the rest, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what kind of stood out for me. Yeah, I, I like Balrog theme uh, a lot. It's um, it it really reminds me of something like Rocky. Like it, it could be the music set totally. to uh, a Rocky montage, like a training montage or something like that, and yeah. it works out perfectly because Balrog is a boxer. I think he he might be based on like a Mike Tyson type figure or something like that. But uh, yeah, but the Balrog theme is really good. Um, Ryu Ken, I really like those ones as well. The very kind of upbeat and uh, get, you know epic sound. Like, like you know, there's going to be this 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 big fight between those two characters uh they're rivals right i guess um i I don't know a ton about like street fighter lore but i've listened to this these songs these theme songs back to front um all the different versions of the street fighter 2 game uh the the turbo edition where the the music changed a little bit there um to me it's this it's her original work uh on the street fighter 2 arcade soundtrack that even you know we've had street fighter 3 4 5 now i don't think that the quality of the songs has been replicated. Like you still hear familiar beats and themes, but I really think it's the her the kind of that original seminal work to me that stands out the most. Um, 
you you mentioned david like the the themes of the songs kind of being maybe culturally inspired absolutely but i think it's also kind of telling a story about the characters as well you by listening to the music uh, for for Blanca for Guile, you get to know a little bit about the stage where those characters are fighting, and just kind of what maybe what their background is, or what the, who who they are, what their what their spirit is, something like that. Um, I I really love how to to me I, I think all the soundtrack all the tracks are unique. I think just as the characters are unique themselves, even if uh, Ryu and uh, E Honda are both maybe characters fighting out of Japan. Their, their themes are very different, right? E Honda mm. is very, it does sound more like kind of class, classical Japanese uh, music, maybe. Whereas Ryu's is, you know, this is, this is a fighter. This is someone who is kind of a, a martial arts expert and he's kind of traveling the world, maybe uh, looking for, looking to be the strongest fighter. He wants to challenge everybody. Um, Chun Li's theme is really good. Like, I, I man, there, there's very few that I don't like. Ve- Vegas' theme is incredible. Vegas theme fits his kind of like pit fighter, like Spanish pit fighter type character perfectly. It's so upbeat. It's so like, um, especially when you play the speed up, like the critical themed versions are really great. Uh, I listen to a lot of uh, Street Fighter remixes too. Like I, I'm, I'm going to try to share a bunch of those uh, after we, after the podcast. Are launches. you a Street yeah. Fighter guy? I'm not. I don't play. I don't play Street Fighter, but it's one of my favorite video game soundtrack. Like to me, this is a top five soundtrack a video game soundtrack of all time. Like it's, it's not even close. Street Fighter um, 2? Yeah, Street Fighter 2. Wow. Uh, I've got, I've got a physical version and they, uh, I found that the same physical version I have uh, was recently put on Spotify as well. Like you can get the whole soundtrack on Spotify. It's really great. Like if, if people haven't listened to, uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of great, great music tonight, but the Street Fighter 2 soundtrack for me, top to bottom, it's, it's just so easy to listen to it's so easy to come back to and just kind of just leave it on repeat or let it go play the whole thing there's no bad songs on it there might be there's some again there's some i don't prefer i don't prefer uh e honda's or uh, sagat's uh m bison has a really good one because it, it, it really makes you feel like this is the final boss like this is this is the end of the journey so that i thought that uh his uh, m bison's theme fit really well with uh kind of where he is in the game and i guess who that character is too but yeah, I, I could I could go on and on. Like, I, I, I love these songs. I love so much of that soundtrack. But if you've never listened to uh, Shimamura's work on the Street Fighter 2 soundtrack, please, please, please. I, I would say start there because uh, when she transitions to working on RPGs, you I think you you lose a little bit of um, or maybe this is just this is just her flexibility, her versatility that she's able to compose music for all these different genres. And it all sounds amazing it's all unique and different and varied all coming from this one individual 
Like we, uh, you know, I, I, again, I mentioned on Twitter, you guys saw that tweet. I think she might be the greatest composer of video game music of all time. And a lot of it is because of the breadth. A lot of it is because she's gone into so many different games and created these memorable soundtracks. Like Uematsu, uh, Yasunori Matsuda, these fellows, they've been, I mean, they've primarily worked on RPGs. I don't know that they've really branched out into other genres, but Shimamura, she started off with brawlers, fighting games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, guess, I guess the Punisher game is, is a, a brawler she used as well. To brawl she a on, lot out on the street. Yeah. I, you know, if, if that's what inspired her to create this, then she is the best. Oh, yeah. It was all legit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Perry, you had mentioned uh, Gargoyle's Quest is one of your favorite uh, Game Boy games. At the time, did the soundtrack stand out for you? Um, I mean, it could have. I, I played it like three years ago. <laughs> like that okay. was the like I played it on the 3ds and on the. It's actually chronicled on the podcast. Um, I played through the mm. the whole Gargoyles one and two, and then uh, Demon's Crest. Um, but I uh, I just love that game, and I I can't like I can't remember a theme right now, and that's what that's why like when Jordan when you say like like one of the I love hearing you say that 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 she is you know considered either the best or, or close to like one of your favorites, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, um, and I, I, she, yeah, for sure. And that's cool. And I I would say like the thing like from everything you know from from all the games I've played of hers, which is the entire Mario Mario and Luigi series, and um, you know Super Mario RPG, and you know basically all the Nintendo stuff that she's done. Um, and I've heard, I can't really like think of an actual like theme that I could hum like in my head. Like I can't, you know, I can't mm. think of any notable things, but that's, so it's like, well, to me, I, I always find that kind of important to um, like, just to have like an earwormy type melody song. And um, obviously that just comes with my, like your individual taste of how, of how you listen to music and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, like, she's definitely, and it's so I definitely think that she is super ridiculously impressive and super good. She's just yeah. on a way different, on a different, um, she's like on a different pedestal than like when I think of like classic game music. And that's what I think is just really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Perry, I think you were saying you probably know her most from the Mario and Luigi series, I guess. Eh? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause because uh, yeah, like she did all. I guess it's five of them: uh, Superstar Saga, yeah. Partners in Time, Bowser's Inside Story, Dream Team, and Paper Jam. Yeah, I love those games. Yeah, I went through. I didn't get. I didn't get to go through as many uh, of the Mario and Luigi soundtracks as I like, but I did listen to Superstar Saga. Um, th- that one. Uh, just They're yesterday, super actually. upbeat. You know, like you know, like everything is like that. So it's, it's, yeah. which is cool, which I like it because like you're getting into them and you're, it's kind of like, you know, it's always like the, oh, let's start a battle. And it's really at an active battle, like instead of like, you know, you're dodging stuff. So, and you know, they're kind of dancing around and stuff. So I think it, it's, it's perfect. 
Yeah, and it's like uh, I know the fur from Superstar Saga. My favorite uh, in that one was uh, Oho Oasis. as good with the, the beatboxing as you pray but um mm-hmm. i i liked i think one of the things that uh, that's interesting with the mary and luigi series is that like there's a lot of original sounding music but then there's also like uh, a lot of remixes of like the mario theme kind of or like mario sounds that you get in there that that's a a nice mix mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's what's so cool about it and that's why i think that the um the mario and luigi paper jam that game just I was just thinking about that, you know, in preparing for this. How insanely awesome is the co- is that 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 game came out? That they <laughs> actually merged like those two games together. And yes, it's definitely a Mario and Luigi game. But how cool is it that Paper Mario like came into the like the like I always thought that those two those two um uh properties, those two game series, they're like, you know, they're very similar. Obviously, they're they're the RPG series, but like then putting them together i never thought that would have ever happened and it's like i love that they bring him in and it's just yep paper mario's there and it's like an extra button (laughs) like like paper mario gets the y button now like it's just and you're actually controlling and like they actually have gameplay where you 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 jump with a b and y you have to jump with all three of them you have to press (laughs) like how insane is that it's just an insane game in in theory but they also they also bring in some of the Paper Mario elements too, I, I, I infused with the music too, just a little bit, which is which is fun. Is that a is um, Jordan? Or, or have you played a lot of the Mario Luigi series? No, not really. Uh, I think my first one was Bowser's Inside Story, and uh, I ended up finishing Dream Team as well. I put a little bit of Paper Jam. Um, I I like the music in those games. I, I don't know what it is about that series that doesn't hook me in. Uh, to me, just repetition, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think I think by by the halfway point, I get kind of like frustrated with some of the uh, the fetch quest type activities yeah. or the fi- finding Toad or going the backtracking that happens. Maybe like I, I want to just like, I'm I'm ready to get to the end, and there'll be like another ten hours of content that I'm like, For oh, sure. you know, the, the, I I'd rather just get to the final boss, and like I'm ready to be done with this. To me, I, I feel like some of them are a little bit longer in the tooth than I would like. Absolutely. And it's yeah. it, it's it, maybe it's it's padding that's not it, it's just it's kind of like basic platforming or basic puzzle solving. It's not necessarily all that challenging, maybe. 
I'd say Bowser's Inside Story is probably the best because it's like 15, I think it's like 15 hours or something like that. That's what so I really like good. about it, yeah. Um, yeah. But but funnily enough, I totally agree with you, but mm. I actually made my, like I beat Dream Team and I beat Paper Jam. I love those games and uh, yeah. they were really long, uh, but they but they, they worked and yeah, they had that, I don't know, I, 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 I would love to, like honestly, that's, that's a series that I would love to um, like, like be a part of the design of that game because i because mm-hmm. i i love the concept because it's kind of like a metroidvania you know yeah. where you you know you get a new upgrade out in the out in the field to use and then you got to go around and oh now i can screw into the ground and then pop back up <laughs> and you know like you know just a lot of weird stuff like that and i just i think that and then the and then the whole concept of like to me i think why i like it so much is the skill the actual skill involved with playing the game with the timing of jumps and in that I love that stuff. I'm not saying I don't like just regular good old turn-based stuff, but I do like that aspect of it. So it's always kind of exciting. And then, you know, entering and then I'll just, one last thing I'll say is just that feeling in dream team when you're in Luigi's dream and then you, you jump on an enemy and then you enter the battle and like a hundred Luigi's fall on them. And and it's (laughs) like, does all that damage. It's like the best feeling ever. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, like uh, Perry, you said, uh, Mary Luigi and the, the Paper Jam series all came from uh, maybe one of the most pivotal games uh, for Yoko Shimomura's career, which is uh, her first Square Enix work, Super Mario RPG. Yeah, David. I, I so I was hoping you'd come come back to this game because this is one of my favorite games of all time, and I think a huge, huge part of that is the soundtrack. Like uh, my brother and I played this game growing up. It's one of those soundtracks that I I could I could hum you know twenty different songs from this game at any, and I I regularly do. Like I I find myself I do this a lot at work. I'm just I'm walking into my classroom at the beginning of the class, or I'm just walking around the halls of the college, and I'm like I'm just humming songs, and and a lot of them are Super Mario RPG songs. It's such an upbeat, bright, kind of light, whimsical soundtrack that man, she she just it's amazing that it's her first work at Square. It's almost like she had all this pent up kind of. RPG or fantasy type music she wanted to create and all just kind of poured out into Super Mario RPG because it is a it again you're talking about another all timer soundtrack here uh yeah I know like this we're, we're talking about a period of video games you know between Street Fighter two and Super Mario RPG is like five or six years and it's it's really like the this the yeah, good when, years of the Super Nintendo right or you know and I, you guys when know did me, Super like, Mario I, come out RPG 1990 1996. So it's kind of close to the end of the 
yeah, Super Nintendo life cycle, it's right? Kind of crazy because some of that stuff sounds a lot like yeah. um like a, like David Wise's like Donkey Kong. Like there's mm-hmm. some there's a lot you know like a lot of like jungly like jazz stuff in there too, which sure, is really sure. cool. Yeah. Can you can you imagine the the amount of pressure that must have been on her when she was doing that though? Because it's it's a it's a Nintendo and Square uh, collaboration. You're working with one of the most well, probably like the the iconic mm-hmm. character uh, of the day. Like it had so much history behind it, and then she was uh, in. There was a mixing of of again using the Mario themes and but trying to put kind of a square. Uh, you know, twist to it or that sort of thing, and, and to yeah, kind of nail it as well as she did is just—it's pretty amazing. I mean, I think it—I think it has more of the square leanings than a Mario one, right? It, the Mario and Luigi series go the other direction, where yes. they've got more of more of a Mario and Luigi feeling to them. I think the Mario or a Mushroom Kingdom feeling, whereas Sumar RPG, you get a little bit of that, but I think it's also maybe a more unique soundtrack or more a lot more unique sounds compared to more familiar ones in the Mario and Luigi series. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, it was it's funny timing. Uh, Retronauts actually had a Super Mario RPG uh, episode recently, and it was yeah, funny to I hear them... Yeah, I listened to it as well. Yeah, to hear them discuss about... Um, a lot of the minigames were, uh, had music, like, it, it, to, to do the minigame, you, you actually had to match up with, like, the beat of the music, which I thought yeah. was interesting. yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd forgotten about that as well. But there's the there's the uh you you go to the the to the the tadpole place. I I, don't even, I can't remember the names of all the places, but you you actually compose music as one of the mini games, right? With Todovsky. Do you remember that, Perry? I. I, no, I don't, because I want to play. I haven't played Perry. this game. Well, listen, I haven't played this game for like <laughs> fifteen years, probably. They, that's got to be random. I'm waiting. Okay, I waited for it to come out on the freaking 3ds Virtual Console. I know, and I then know, it never too. came. And then I'm waiting for it to. And then of course it comes. Okay, so I was like, okay, I just need to hunt down a copy. So it comes out on the Super Nintendo, right? The the mini. So I have it, yeah, right? Classic. Like, yeah, of course I did. Yeah. But then I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. If it's going to come out here, then they've resolved their licensing issues. It's definitely going to come out on the Switch when they do their, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it hasn't come out. It's like, what in the yeah. heck is going on? Because I want it portably. I'm not, I don't want to be tethered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want it. That's all I want. That's all I want. And it, how perfect. I don't know. How did we get Breath of How did we get Breath of Fire 1 and 2? On the Super Nintendo uh, online service just, for ugh. Switch, but before we got Super Mario RPG, I, I don't know. understand that. Like, I know. Super Mario RPG and Earthbound are like the two Nintendo-owned uh, RPGs at this point, right. like or Nintendo properties, right? So it's kind of funny. Oh my goodness, guys! I just had an incredible idea. What if they made a Xenoblade game in like a 16-bit style? <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be sweet. Wouldn't that that'd be, be amazing? It'd be really good. Anyway, so. I just thought that it's, that's it's a hard fun though. Thought. It's hard though because Xenoblade's Xenoblade. No, no. Now we're gonna get on this. <laughs> Xenoblade is all about exploration. It, it, it's tough to get the type of exploration with the verticality that Xenoblade has in a 16-bit environment. Maybe, maybe you could do nah, it, but I think you, you could do lose it. something there. Yeah. Okay. Oh well. I mean, nowadays I, we could do it. They probably couldn't do it. In the, I mean, true. Obviously, true. like if you're making yeah. a game now in the pixel, you know, I mean, uh, you'd have to take some liberties with. The, 
the technology we have now. But yeah, dude, I think it could mm. totally. I can see it right now. It'd be sick. Anyway, Perry, your next game that you're gonna make is gonna be <laughs> a 16-bit Xenoblade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite a bit down the list, but yeah, absolutely. Here to hear, to hear first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So the uh, so now that we're in the Square Enix, uh, this this is where I really um, discovered uh, uh, Yoko Shimomura myself. Um, is the the Square Enix stuff? Uh, we had mentioned. I guess I'll save the best for last <laughs> because uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen is definitely my favorite Shimomura. But I was also listening to Parasite Eve, and that is mm. that's gorgeous soundtrack. The thing that I like about one of the things I like most about her is is the piano. Like I love her piano. Um, I think she does wonderful, uh, wonderful songs with the piano. And then the one that stood out for me on the Parasite Eve is um, the theme of uh, Aya or Aya. starts with like a piano uh introduction and it, it it's it's terrific i just it, it kind of it, it's funny that um jordan you had mentioned that she had that's kind of where she started was like as a piano mm-hmm. major and right. i think the piano is really um the thing i like about her the most is is the way she plays it's just it's hauntingly beautiful but uh mm-hmm. she also worked in some like opera into the in parasite eve as well uh, and overture was another uh, song from that soundtrack that really stood out for me. I'm gonna have to check out because Parasite Eve is a game I, I know of, but I don't. I didn't. I never played it. I mean, I, I never had a PlayStation One growing up, so I missed out on a bunch of those games. But uh, if you're saying that soundtrack is another kind of really, really good uh, piece of work that she's put together, uh, I'll have to go and check that out. Is it? It's not on Spotify, is it? 
Um, I'm not sure because I listen to it, it on, YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah I'll check so it out YouTube. So it might be on there, but it's a Square game and they got a lot mm-hmm. of Square stuff on there. So it's, yeah, it there's more and more Square stuff being added to Spotify. It's awesome, actually. Capcom yes. too. Like yeah, exactly. Um, did you either you like Kingdom Hearts? I know is is where a lot of other people have heard her. Um, it's not a series that I've ever gotten into. Like I own the first two, but I don't. I only played like the first half of Kingdom Hearts one, and then just never really got into it. I don't know if you guys. Uh, Got into that at all? Into into which? Uh, Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. That's so funny because I was just it's it's really funny because I, I I thought I heard that in my brain. I didn't know you actually said that because I'm reading this <laughs> comment on that on the on the video of the Parasite Eve of the theme of Aya, and this guy said that re-listening to this, I'm fairly certain that Yoko uh, used the song as the base for Hollow Bastion's theme in the original Kingdom Hearts. Um, and okay. they have like the same melody. Oh, cool. Okay. So I was like reading at the same time that like you said Kingdom Hearts, and I, I was <laughs> like, I did it? Did he say that? Or anyway, yeah. But yeah. Uh, another favorite of mine uh, that she did with Square Enix was uh, Radiant Historia, and that was a game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess we played it bef- before before Jordan's time uh, with the Mage, mm-hmm. but because it was an early on one. But yeah, Perfect Chronology the- that and a, a 3DS game that okay, uh, the 3DS one. fantastic. Yeah. Well, it uh, I, it started on DS, like the, right, the original. Did you play that Historia. one, or did you play the 3DS? One? I played I played the 3DS one. Okay, so you never played it when yeah, it was originally I, released. No, no, I I played the Perfect Chronology uh, remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I played both. It's a very good game and another very good soundtrack. The problem with me is when I'm playing a lot of 3DS games, I don't. Or at least maybe in the last couple of years, I, when I was playing 3DS games, I didn't always have the sound on. So I'd, I'd put it on for a little bit just to hear what the music's like, to get a kind of sense of, you know, what the different themes are for the different areas. But I, I think that is another solid soundtrack. Yeah, it'd definitely be worth it. And um, mm-hmm. so the the final, I guess the final game that we'll we'll finish up kind of her history on is, and it's my favorite of of Yoko's uh, definitely is Final Fantasy fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it like it, it's funny. I've been listening to that uh, soundtrack for a couple years now on Spotify, <laughs> or, or however long it's been on. I guess it wasn't Spotify to begin with, but it, it's I I just love that soundtrack. Like, and it's. I'm going to pick my favorite as like the most obvious, which is like the title theme. I think it's called Mm -hmm. Somnus. Thank you. 
it's it, it's just a perfect example of her music because it begins with the piano and then the violin comes in mm-hmm. and and both and like those are like the two things that i love most about the music that she does is is the mixing of that and it's just it's it's haunting it's just it's yeah my favorite for for sure just thinking about uh, my favorite song on the FF15 soundtrack is Veiled in Black. And just thinking about the violin segments in Veiled in Black, I, I'm get like I'm getting goosebumps. Like it's giving me shivers. Like that song is absolutely insane. It is so good. It's it's at times like kind of dramatic or maybe melodramatic, and then it hits you with that violin. It's like oh wow, like we're time to get pumped up. This is like boss battle music right here. I don't even know like I played through the game, but not not uh, not since launch, and I don't know exactly what part of the game you hear veiled in black. Maybe there's a few times, but I'm pretty sure it's during like a very very tense, maybe a boss, uh, uh, one of the last boss battles or something like that. But veiled in black is. That that's that that's the one I I gravitate towards on that yeah. a very very solid soundtrack. Yeah, and also love like Stand Your Ground. Uh, mm. that, that's a terrific one as well. But but there's so many. It's it's such a great mix of uh, like kind of your slow uh, emotional music, but then they've got like the mm. upbeat stuff that that's like yeah, like you said when when action's happening and it's uh, like the the battle themes and that sort of thing. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's such a terrific mix. Like you know, it's it, funny. Yeah, I love fifteen. Listening to uh, Stand Your Ground, it, it, it like it immediately brings me. It reminds me of Fire Emblem, uh, mm, of the okay. overworld and just the uh, the fire that Fire Emblem theme. So Yokushima Muro would be amazing for to do Fire Emblem. That would be sweet. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see her like take on like new new franchises. Like I know she's kind of attached to Kingdom Hearts, but and and the Mario and Luigi series. But man, I'd love to see her branch out again. And uh, I I don't know. I guess maybe it's tougher as a freelancer, but uh, you kind of get attached to certain franchises and they just keep calling you back for those. But I'd love to see her in in, in more different things. I think she did a remix for uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate as well. Maybe a couple of the remixes. I don't mm. remember which ones, but oh, uh, those were pretty yeah, good too. Yeah, I saw that she did the, the Magic Hand, the, the Mother, the Earthbound. Yes, for, for yes, the, yes, yes, that's 4, right. Which I love that yeah. <laughs> actually. So, and that seemed, that seems so, so cool. random I for know. her to be asked to do that one. I know. Right, because you've got you've got the street you've got a bunch of you've got Street Fighter characters uh, or Street Fighter themes in Smash Bros Ultimate now. Like you have other areas that she worked on before in this game, but then they ask her to do a theme from the Mother series. It seems that that's awesome. Again, it, it keeps everything we're talking about keeps speaking to how this composer is able to work magic in all these different types of games. It really is amazing. And David, you're talking about the Final Fantasy 15 soundtrack. Oh, there's all these different types of songs. 
Like, I, I, it just blows my mind that you can you can nail the the action sequences, the dramatic ones, the sad ones. Like she she's doing all of that in this one soundtrack. It's really wow. Yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm blown away just thinking about it. Well, and it's funny too because like a lot of the the people that you usually talk about when you're talking about like the top composers, like uh, Uematsu or Mitsuda or something. Like usually when you hear one of their songs, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's a Mitsuda or that's a Uematsu. Um, mm. but yeah, with Shimamura, it's not, you don't necessarily like immediately think, you know, oh, well that's her, that's her because that's her style or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. it's like you said, she's so uh, versatile. That's, it's terrific. Uh, and I think that speaks to her talent as a composer to be able to, um, evolve or, or adapt to whatever project uh, she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all, all of her Capcom stuff, it sounds like Capcom music. And when she moves over to Square, like she, her music starts to maybe emulate that style, or she knows, like, okay, the Square games sound like this, so I'm going to make songs that remind you of what a Square game is, right? It's, it, it's maybe these iconic companies or publishers, developers, and the composers are finding a way, especially her, she's finding a way to put her stamp on it, but also retain this classic feeling that people are going to expect from the, from these developers. Right. Well, maybe for Final Fantasy 15, she remind, uh, went back into her memory about how Uematsu did early Final Fantasy. And, uh, mm-hmm. she came up with the song, uh, based, based on that memory, just like, yeah. just like Perry, just like, it just comes. Yeah. I like it. Call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. This is the last call for alcohol. Get going. Uh, well, that takes us into last call, and I'm uh, excited to uh, to ask Perry this to start Perry off with this question because uh, it, it's very uh, on topic uh, these days with Perry's new position within the Tui. And uh, so the topic for last call this week is if you were a game director and you could choose any composer that you wanted, who would you choose to be the composer of your game? I This is the easiest question in the world. And if, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's a cop out, but it's not really because it's the truth. But obviously, Koji Kondo, <laughs> I would absolutely <laughs> yeah. choose Koji Kondo because he is I was actually literally we were uh, just playing on an organ and, or it had like a, it was a little you know keyboard with all these different sounds on it. And it had like that Italian accordion sound. And like it, like we did like the, and it sounded just like Mario sunshine. And I just thought about like the beginning of Mario sunshine and how I love how Koji Kondo always does those little opening things, you know, at the, at the beginning of every single Mario thing ever. It has those opening little, segments that's amazing um anyway so yeah koji kondo he, he's just the best i i love him wind waker he did he did do wind waker right he had to have right someone look that up please yeah <laughs> no, I, well, I, i'll look it up and and uh why don't why don't jordan go next yeah so i'm i've been thinking about this a little bit uh since i saw your question there david um i'm looking up uh the composers for the Mega Man series because i think Top to bottom, Mega Man music is my favorite. Um, I, I played those games growing up, you know, Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3 on NES, and then uh, Mega Man X on uh, on Super NES. And uh, so I've got 
two names. I've got Takashi Tateshi, I think, is uh, one fellow who worked on Mega Man uh, composition, uh, Mega Man uh, soundtracks. Uh, and then one, uh, another, uh, a lady, Man- I think her name is Manami. Uh, I just had it. Uh, uh, Manami Matsume. Uh, so I think she worked on the soundtrack for the original Mega Man game. Uh, she did some work on Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 10. Uh, but it's it's those two composers to me that uh, they, they've created this music that I, it is so synonymous with this series. I think it's just perfect for an action platformer like Mega Man. Um, at Mega Man, I've got, I mean, I have all the soundtracks. I, again, another series that I'm constantly listening to remixes of. Mega Man's got that same kind of Capcom feel that Street Fighter games have as well. Um, so it's, it's Street Fighter. And, you know, I think Shimamura is maybe the obvious answer that I would probably pick for this category, but I wanted to go off, uh, off the board a little bit. So don't go off the board. Yeah. I'll go. I, Be truthful. <laughs> I'll go Man- Manami Matsume and uh, who was the other fellow I had? Uh, so the uh, just to reiterate, yeah, the Mega Man Two was composed by Takashi Tateishi. Uh, again, there's we, we, I was speaking earlier about pseudonyms. He was credited under uh, it looks like Ogoretsu Kun. <laughs> it's kind of a funny <laughs> one with a kun there at the end, but um, yeah. And then Manami Matsume has also worked on the Mega Man games as well. So yeah, Mega Man to me, it, it's it's so memorable like i i know the sound like two and three especially Mega Man two and three especially like i know the theme for all the robot masters for the wily sections like yeah whenever i whenever i hear those i'm just like I, i'm totally amped up and ready to go when i hear a Mega Man song and um yeah I, i've got tons of favorites in that series and i was just watching the uh it's uh awesome games done quick has been running this week uh the speed running uh for charity uh, kind of event that happens and uh, i watched a Mega Man seven run and people, you know, they were mentioning, oh, Mega Man 7 isn't that beloved a game. But I think some of the songs in Mega Man 7 are absolutely incredible. Uh, with the, uh, the Super NES kind of, sa- the Super Nintendo sound uh, changing uh, the kind of more classic sounding Mega Man tunes uh, from the 8-bit era into the 16. So, um, yeah, Mega Man composers for me, that's who I would want to work on. Because uh, I feel like if I was going to make a game, it would make an RPG. They're too complicated. I'd want something maybe simple, faster, uh, uh yeah, I love the action platformer genre as well. So, uh, give me a Mega Man composer. Okay, granted. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you, Perry. Before I get into my uh, extremely obvious uh, list of composers for me, uh, I will just confirm that yes, Perry was uh, absolutely correct that Koji Kondo uh, was uh, part of the Wind Waker team, uh, team of mm-hmm. four, who uh, did the uh, the sound uh, or the OST for Wind Waker. Um, but they did use um, a lot of his older pieces too, so uh, he was mm. obviously a, a, a big oh, factor in, in the Wind Waker OST. Yes. So. Yeah. But uh, like I said, my <laughs> mine mine is going to be extremely obvious and uh, maybe a bit of a cop out myself because I, I've always had three um, composers uh, as my top three, and it usually depends on whoever's game I've played last. Of course, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the three. The three for me are Uimatsu, Mitsuda, and Shimomura. Mm-hmm. Be obviously Final Fantasy from all the Uimatsu, uh, like you know he he. Wait, you like the Final so many... Fantasy series? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Oh, weird. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I've I've always grown up with him. Um. The uh, Xenoblade, like I absolutely love the Xenoblade soundtrack. So uh, Mitsuda is great mm-hmm. for that, and Chrono Trigger, obviously. 
um and then yeah and then the shimmer like the final fantasy 15 just blew my mind that soundtrack um it's it's uh i know a lot of people aren't might not be fans of the game but it's worth playing the game just to listen to that soundtrack i think so beautiful are- yeah the funny thing is music is a huge part of that game because when you're driving in the car you can also put on different soundtracks and stuff too so it, it really that final fantasy 15 to me is really a tribute to all the music in the series like a, kind of what what came before but then the new stuff that Shimomura made for the game proper is just incredible too and kind of builds on uh, all of the classic Uematsu tracks that are in the game as well so yeah Final Fantasy 15 you're right David I think it is worth playing for the music and you you don't even have to necessarily finish the game or anything like just just going through the beginning you know five ten hours or something like that getting a feel for the different environments and stuff playing a little bit of the story um, but yeah, you got to hear that. You got to hear that soundtrack because it's well, incredible. And and if it wasn't enough, like that, the, her songs are so great. Um, mm-hmm. Florence and the Machine also contributed songs to the soundtrack. That's right. That's and right. and the songs and they do uh, an exquisite um, uh, remake or uh, I'm not sure what the the Perry word. is it the word rendition rendition yeah rendition of uh, <laughs> Stand by Me yeah and and uh, when you see the I guess it's a bit of a spoiler, but um, Stand By Me plays in the end credits after you've beaten the game. Mm-hmm. And it works so well. And uh, the like seeing... I'm not going to really describe what happens, but seeing what's happening on screen with that song is is so powerful. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, a perfect way to end that game. Um and uh i've and stand by me that that rendition of it is like uh on my um list of like i have a playlist that i have for when i go to play hockey i have about a 45 minute drive uh and that that that's been on there for years uh mm-hmm. that rendition of it cuz it's uh, it's a fa- fantastic does that hype you up or does it calm it does you down? it does it oh, good. no it's just it, it's just uh it gets emotions it's like the way florence sings stand by me is just i i love florence i, I can't remember her last name but the lead singer florence like her voice is i love it it's just it's mm-hmm. like, fantastic so um to have florence and the machine contributing to that soundtrack that shimamura did such a great job with like i i don't know if like i i might name that game as the, having the best soundtrack uh mm. So far, anyway. Yeah, I think that's I think it's totally a valid choice. Like it, it is it is very, very good. And again, it it hits on so many different emotions and themes. Uh, and yeah, I don't think you have to have played that game to really, really appreciate the soundtrack. Perfect. Well, I think that'll probably about do it for uh, our look at uh, Shimomura's uh, career, uh, as wonderful it has been. Uh, and it's funny, like she's kind of in her prime still. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I think she yeah. just announced like, retirement. Perry, don't. <laughs> I said, I think she just <laughs> announced retirement, actually. You're going to give David a heart attack? Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> I hope not. Well, who knows? Like, uh... Nope, she actually married one of the guys from Square, and she's currently trying to get him to break up all the presidents of Square. <laughs> and, uh, go. yeah, it's just a very strange. But they went to India and got strange from there. It's almost like Perry's trying to work himself off of this Thousand Year Door episode that's coming up. <laughs> Perry, I can't tell when you're being serious or not. You're killing me. That was just no, a joke. That was a Yoko Ono he joke. He is. He's, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Yes, I, yes. I saw the, as soon as he started talking about India, I'm like, oh, he's got the Beatles. He's trying. <laughs> it's all I have, David. Son of a bitch. 
<laughs> I don't play <laughs> RPGs, but I do listen to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll be playing an RPG soon. We've yes, got, I will, uh, dude. Heck yes. Yeah, we've Perry was kind enough. He bought me a Christmas present, and it's it's on its way because uh, the kid the uh, the, the Huskies order is. <laughs> yeah, there's too much going on Those huskies, with the they, service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the husky, yeah, the the bobsled hasn't dropped off my copy of Thousand mm. Year Door, which is on its way. They were uh, very but, busy over the Christmas break. Yeah, no, this yeah. Is, give them give them a rest. Absolutely. This no, this is going to be a huge uh crossover event with Talk Nintendo. It's going to be the crossover mm-hmm. event of a lifetime. So, so stay tuned for that. We've been we I think we've been talking for a couple years about trying to find uh, a copy of that and finally found it. And uh, Perry did all the legwork to track down the person that had it, and I did. I uh, picked it up, and it was yeah. actually amazing. Uh, very, it was a Craigslist. I should have put it on a. Uh, we'll do it. I'll do a Craigslist roundup on, on that episode. But I, I, yeah, I yeah. it was a drive-by. It was amazing. Like I, I, like, like I didn't like. He was in his car. I was in mine, and like I like stopped, and like he handed it to me. I handed the money, and we went off. It was beautiful. <laughs> Just like a good old was the game drug in a paper deal. bag. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, it's been amazing though. <laughs> I wish it was. And that's how old. That's how all Craigslist deals should take place. I know it's right? amazing. It should be no, no fuss, no muss. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't even put the. Didn't even put the car in park. No, oh, no, it was great. It was amazing, actually. Yeah, I wish they were all like that. Yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. That's coming soon for sure. And you can thank you, everyone. You can thank Casey and David and I, and why not Jordan for thank yeah, you for. Uh, <laughs> for officially announcing the HD remake of Thousand Year Door that will be announced <laughs> the moment we post our episode. So yeah, that's because right. that's part of it. Like, I li- like seriously, that game, it's so obvious that that, could, that game should be remade or just, you know, re-released. It'd be so good. Perry, you know we're not getting any GameCube games on Switch until we get all of the Wii U ports first. Mm. They got to go through every Wii U port. Mm-hmm. And then you can finally go back got a Game to Boy the port. GameCube era. We got, a, we got a Game Boy port. Link's Awakening, baby. True, true. Yep. You never know. They might sneak it in there. But we, mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, Perry's saying, we have, we'll be having that. And we'll be uh, inviting anyone who wants to play along with us. Uh, we'll be uh, tweeting our, our gameplay, I think, on uh, on Twitter mm-hmm. and discussing it For as sure. we go. And there'll be a crossover episode with uh, Perry's podcast, the Talk Nintendo podcast. Uh, so make sure to to check uh, out his podcast um, and to follow the the uh, Talk Nintendo podcast. It's uh, at Talk Nintendo Pod, I believe. Is that's the... right? Talk yep. Nintendo Pod. So sure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and what's your uh, Twitter handle, Perry? If if the folks want to follow at, you personally, at P Burkum. P B U R K U M. And uh, everyone should keep an eye on uh, Atui and the releases that'll be coming out uh, this, oh, baby. Tr- this year. Oh, baby. Yep. They should be. Yep. Yep. Stay tuned for some delicious news coming. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see the stuff you're working on, Perry. It's gonna. It's gonna be really exciting. And um, yeah, obviously we're we're big fans of your your composing, but uh, your you. video game directing. That's Thank gonna be you. Cool it's gonna be. Forward. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> And uh, close out the show. How about uh, Jordan? Uh, what what kind of uh, what reviews or uh, works do you uh, do you have on the go? That's uh... oh no, this yeah, is gonna take fifteen on? minutes. Um, we just got. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, 
<laughs> guys go get it go to get a drink go to the bathroom i'll wait and then i'll go through the list uh you know it's funny like the beginning of uh, new year uh january's and february's are typically pretty slow uh even for smaller games it takes a little while to for things to get uh, released and announced so um i think as we go to like middle end of january is gonna be more stuff but we just got uh, review codes for uh a, a, a game called to the moon which i've never played before but i've heard really good things it seems yeah. like a very kind of emotional like, the, like uh, i've never cried game. in a game but uh, i so have I'm, cried in, in to the moon like i've heard that like before yeah i've heard that too i i almost cried just watching the trailer for the game so oh, i think boy. i'm really in for it i'm I definitely one of those uh individuals who gets emotional so uh i'll, I'll have to record my uh my playthrough there and yes. uh, everyone can see see the the sorrow that i'm going through can you record you crying perry why <laughs> if you that that's gonna have to be our next uh e3 betting special punishment okay i'll, I'll record myself uh playing playing to the that moon and let me say, yeah, I don't know if you've said it on the podcast before, but I don't know how we allowed Jordan to have this home run of a of a of a guess for for because we award points for our our E three uh, predictions and and he we gave him a gold it was worth two points and he said that the next Mario game or the next uh, Zelda game was not going to be announced at E three and and we let him have that and I can't believe it. And thankfully, he did say it because then we got Breath of the Wild two announced. How we let that happen, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, st- I still, I still lost it. it. That's the brutal thing. Like, I, I yet you still it lost. It was supposed yeah. to be a, a nice, nice soft uh, lob there in for a home run. Unbelievable. But, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, to the moon's really the only thing I'm working on right now. Uh, there are, again, there are a bunch of games coming up soon and I'll be able to share, uh, probably on next week's episode about some of those other things we're working on. But, uh, yeah, I'll have a review of, uh, to the moon coming up uh, next week. You'll be able to check that out. Uh, probably a video review as well. Um, and then, yeah, what else are we working on? Um, I'll be recording an, uh, an episode of the eShop Action Committee with Don. Uh, we're recording next week as well, so you guys can check that out on your uh, podcast feeds, uh, eShop Action Committee. And, uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at Riskman64, R-I-S-K-M-A-N-6-4. Uh, definitely going to be sharing thoughts about uh, Piper Mario when we start playing that. Um, and uh, Near Automata is going to be one of our upcoming episodes as well. So uh, I watched a speed uh, watched a the games on quick did a speed run of that game last year maybe it was summer games done quick but i i will i've already watched like a four plus hour speed run of that game uh in preparation for our our upcoming episode so i'm excited to talk about that one too yeah and uh make sure to check it we'll have uh next week's episode will be on final fantasy 5 uh so that's right the, the retro team out for that one and uh yeah and if uh, if you enjoyed the episode make sure to um if you have some time to uh, set a review on your podcast player of choice, or better yet, you could even just tell a friend about uh, the great the great episode about Yoko Shimomura and how they need to listen to it, and then hopefully they'll get they'll get hooked on some uh, old episodes on there. So, if you enjoyed the episode, tell a friend. Why a friend? Why well, not an enemy? Everyone should enjoy it. Tell everyone. Tell everybody. Tell yeah, everybody. It doesn't matter. You, you like, you hate. It doesn't matter. Tell them all. Exactly. Yeah. Like Casey's our enemy, but we'll tell him about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Casey. Yeah. Casey will remember this when we have the Thousand Year Door episode. You just wait. Well, I want to thank uh, thank you, Perry, very much for uh, it's been. It was way too long to have you on, and I'm glad we'll have you on back on again soon, though. So, yes, absolutely. It was very fun. It was better than I could have possibly imagined with you two 
Hoosiers. Hoosiers is clo- a lot Hoosiers. closer to you. But it's I think. spelled. It's spelled Hoosiers, though, right? I think it's no. It's no. One, it's Hoosiers. One, I think. How, do, how do you spell Hoosiers? It's, it's like garden hose. Yeah. With an R and an S at the end. It's exactly how you would think. Hoosiers okay. is two two O's, I think. Okay, and good. An, and an I in there somewhere. I've yeah. just seen Hoosiers, and I don't even know what that is. So I just assumed that's what yeah. a hoser was. It's okay. from it's it, it, well, the the hosers actually comes from Bob and Doug McKenzie. Right. Right. Perry, you know great. you know who Bob and Doug McKenzie are, but you don't know. I do. Oh, okay. Well, see that you know you're supposed to you know, know what Hoosiers. Canada's best export is, right? <laughs> Beer. You know, right? No. Maple syrup. No. Cough syrup. Poutine. No. <laughs> Comedians. Uh, okay, that's good. Yep. They are very funny. You're very funny up there. Who's you your... got some funny people. Uh, Colin Mockery, baby. We have to be funny. It's cold as shit. True. Yeah, exactly. It's just funny. Canada, it's just funny. Oh, no. In Canada, you just have to be funny. There, there, that's funny. I think that's. I think it might be written on our flag, actually. <laughs> on the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to, before we go, David, I have to give another shout out to the Street Fighter 2 soundtrack and the Super Mario RPG soundtrack. Like, if you have not heard one or both of these, please fix that. Again, they're very accessible. Street Fighter 2 soundtrack is on Spotify. I I don't know if the Super Mario RPG one is, but you you can find it on YouTube. Go and listen to those songs because they're they're so bloody good. And I guarantee you'll be, they're they're total earworms. You won't be able to forget them. You'll be humming them, singing them, whatever. Just just go and check out those ones at the very least. Check it out and then at Jordan once you've done it. Please do. Let me know what you think. Tell tell me, I want to know what your favorite Street Fighter 2 theme is so listeners please get at me on twitter let me know what your favorite one is i'm always looking for new remixes too if you find a new remix for reuse theme or ken's theme oh please tell me about it my favorite is sub-zero's theme (laughs) (laughs) perry we can still cut you from that thousand year door episode (laughs) all right well we better get out of here before perry gets into trouble so thanks uh gentlemen for uh joining me on the uh, thirsty mage episode this night and we'll see everyone uh, in a couple uh, see everyone next week see ya i've never played final fantasy finish him <laughs> bye bye when the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see